Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In Matt Yoka's sprawling debut feature documentary film, Whirlybird, he deftly mirrors the peaks and valleys of one unique American family in the city of Los Angeles, showcasing their parallel growing pains and their search for a sense of self. Flying high above Los Angeles in a whirling news helicopter, Marika Gerard and Zoe Tur, known then as Bob, capture some of the city's most epic breaking news stories. The two recount the salacious details of their career as a husband and wife journalist team doing whatever it took to catch an unfolding story. It's a remarkable documentary film. This is one of those, especially if you live in Los Angeles, but anywhere, it wouldn't matter really, but Los Angeles, it really captures the zeitgeist of this particular era, especially in the world of news and stories that we all grew up with. The film again is called Whirly Bird, and we're joined today by the director, Matt Yoka. Matt, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm really curious how you got onto this particular subject and sort of the uh, in, inspired you to do the documentary film. Yeah, well, I guess I would trace it back to uh, 2013. Uh, and I was living in New York City from Los Angeles originally, but I was living in New York City. It was almost like a uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing. And so I started for the first time kind of thinking about Los Angeles as I was away from it and starting to realize that maybe I had some, not just some things to say about it, but but I wanted to understand where I come from a little bit more and period in which I grew up in, which was the 80s and 90s in Los Angeles. So that kind of inspired me to come back to LA and start searching for a story. And I actually started with that big of a scope and just kind of narrowed it down from there. And uh, when I eventually kind of started thinking about helicopter reporting, uh, that struck me as a uniquely Los Angeles phenomenon and as well as something intensely visual. So I think that's kind of the, those fused together as kind of the basis of what I was searching for. What, how did the Tur family cross your radar? Right. So once I started researching uh, helicopter videography, it doesn't take very long before you find the career of Zoe and Marika. Um, they, they really are kind of the most accomplished of helicopter reporters in Los Angeles. They pioneered the craft. Uh, they were at the center of all the major news events from during the 80s and 90s, most notably the riots and the infamous white Bronco pursuit. So it was almost kind of a, a checklist of important things that had happened in the city, or at least major events that are burned into my mind. And so I, from there, I felt that they were a... Uh, the ones to kind of get to know. And and from there, I just got so much more interested in their experience. And yeah, I could kind of ramble on about that. Oh, no, yeah, that's great. Because they are, as you described them, they were omnipotent in terms of, you know, the stories you would, they were, and they were on a number of different channels. Mm -hmm. they, were on, they were on radio a lot in terms of coverage of, of which is interesting, because it's a because it's not a visual medium, obviously radio isn't, but also they, they were also on, on uh, television as well. Just that kind of reporting, certainly. The interesting thing about the helicopter is that on one hand, Los Angeles is sprawling. So it makes some sense to be able to cover a lot of ground. But secondly, our freeway system is so clogged up all the time. 
right. to get to a story must have just been a, a journey for a lot of a lot of these reporters before. Yeah, and I tried to frame it um, as that for Zoe, as much as I think she was a thrill seeker, as well as just a a very technical mind that adapted well to something like helicopter reporting. I think that she saw it as a necessary tool to cover stories in Los Angeles. And so in some ways, as extravagant or uh, extreme as it might seem, in some ways, it was a logical conclusion to try to to buy a helicopter. So and that I think says a lot about the city itself. Again, Whirlybird's name of this documentary film. And as much as it is about news is gathering kind of the revolution of the helicopter, its impact on how we see the world. It's also a deeply personal documentary film. Given the circumstances, and we, I don't think we want to give a whole lot away, but I think we, it's important to talk about the, the family. Mm-hmm. And you, you get into the, the immediate family of Bob, now Zoe, and, and then Marika. It's funny, the dynamics of the family are, are in some ways guarded it's just an interesting dynamic. I guess a long way of getting to this question, and that is, how did you gain their confidence? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of skeletons here. There's a lot of things that would be difficult to talk about. Yeah, I try to give. I, I really do give them a lot of credit for letting me enter their lives in such an immersive way. I think that uh, to your question, as far as how did kind of I develop that relationship. I think I approached them with a genuine curiosity about their work initially. And, and that was the basis of, of why I was reaching out to them. And I think that because they are from Los Angeles, I'm from Los Angeles, I'm familiar with the time in which they were reporting. There was, there, there was something familiar, I think, between us just in where we come from. And I think that created a familiarity that that seemed to happen quite quickly. And for them, I I sort of felt without speaking for them too much that they were processing what they had gone through as well. And and I think this, you know, at the time, you know, it took me six years to make the movie. So, you know, so I was six years younger than I am today. And I was just this young, curious guy that wanted to know everything about them. And, And so I think that was helpful for them to process what it is they went through. Um, and I think that to the point of this intimacy that comes out in the film, I, I talk a lot about the, the videotapes themselves. These were tapes that they used to capture news events, but also functioned as a home video camera when they were, when they were not on the job. So the fluidity between business or work and personal and family was kind of unlike anything I'd really seen in uh, an archive before. And so it, it's almost inextricable to separate their work and their family. It's just one in the same. And so the more time I spent in it, the more it kind of fused together and ultimately ended up in the film. I think there were no boundaries. Yeah. Right? And, and that's really kind of the, in just interpersonal relationships, whoever you are, that's sort of a formula for disaster or abuse or emotional abuse or whatever. There's a lot of things that come into play when one of the most dynamic people in this family is the one who is constantly crashing boundaries. Yeah. I mean, I think like family businesses are, is, is, is like, you know, goes back as far as, as far as business goes. You know? So it's like, <laughs> there's no, 
there's there's nothing in some ways and one of the things that i found to be so interesting to me is that there are so much that is extraordinary as their story is i found there to be a lot that's familiar um not just necessarily in my personal life but just in 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 the stories that we all kind of go through whether it's raising a family starting a business uh trying to succeed struggling in marriages. I think all of those things are very familiar. It just so happens that they were ripping across the skies of Los Angeles while they were doing it. And and that's that is kind of what makes them both unique and I think resonate as well. We're talking with Matt Yoga. He's the director of Whirly Bird documentary film about the first couple, the first, yeah, I guess the first couple of a helicopter news gathering in Los Angeles history. I think that'd be a fair Definitely way to put it. The first husband and wife helicopter reporting duo. I think you <laughs> Well, I mean, in terms of just sort of the pantheon of couples who may, who may in the future be, who, who would come along, <laughs> who may come along to do this kind of work. Uh, the film is uh, available starting on August 6th. It'll be available in theaters as well as on VOD, so you should be looking for it. That's August 6th, coming right up. In addition to all the things that we've described, we also have this other extra element, and this is where I don't want to get too far down this road because it's, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but certainly Bob goes Bob goes through, Bob Tur goes through a lot of stuff in this film. I think what I, you're referring to is that uh, Zoe underwent a, a gender affirmation surgery in uh, 2014, I think it was now. And so, yeah, uh, formerly Bob Tur is now Zoe Tur, And I, certainly that's an aspect of the film. And it's something that uh, I also didn't want to treat necessarily as a quote unquote reveal. Um, it was something that I kind of wanted to interweave throughout the film and um, let audiences sort of reflect on the past um, which was, uh, you know, the period of time that Zoe and Marika were together, Marika being uh, Zoe's ex-wife, when Zoe was still Bob. And so to be able to watch that past, but let the audience know where Zoe ends up, even if you don't know necessarily how exactly she got there, I think that that is a valuable piece of information that adds a complexity that I hope allows uh, the audience to kind of reflect a little more deeply on the things in which people go through in their lives. So yeah, that I, it's, it's yet another aspect of an extraordinary story. And I feel very fortunate actually to have been on the road with Zoe during a lot of that process. Yeah, if you're going back six years when you started this project, you, you, that would have been about the time frame that all of, a lot of this would have been happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's again going back to what we what I was saying earlier. This film is very personal. It's a very intimate film about this family, and also we have this other extraordinary universe in which they inhabit as the couple who are who are reporters, news reporters, mm-hmm. and what they document over the course of their of their careers there. But before I, you know, just to sort of illuminate some of the highlights, if you will, of that time, I also want to talk about uh, Marika because I found her to be an exceptionally open, forgiving. Uh, she seemed game. Obviously, the beginnings of their relationship, she seemed willing to go along with what was being asked of her in terms of, at that time, Bob's career. She just seemed like a really, to me, a really cool, and I mean that I mean that temperamentally, but also a really cool person. Um, yeah, I, um, 
I mean, I love them both. I think that what was what drew me initially to the story was Zoe, um, was her work. I mean, she's the one that was flying the helicopter and the rep- and doing the reporting. She, it's her voice that you hear in some of these big news events. Um, she's in, quote unquote the star kind of of their of their partnership. But as I got to know them, I started to see sort of the importance that Marika played both in the work that they did. Uh, I mean, and, and it's no small uh, contribution that she made. She was the one operating the camera. So you have this husband and wife duo. You have Bob in the cockpit flying and reporting, and you have Marika filming from the side of the helicopter hundreds of feet over the ground. And so I just kind of got more and more fascinated with Marika's side of the story. She is so fearless yet so, like you said, cool. She's a cool operator. And so I I liked the subtlety of Marika's story in contrast to the uh, intensity that is uh, Zoe's story. And, and I think what I was also taken back with was that Marika is an incredibly good storyteller. So you know, the film is really, I lead with the archive in the film, but Marika and Zoe primarily provide the interview commentary that takes you on the story. And I think Zoe's a phenomenal storyteller, but Marika's uh, no slouch herself. So so you kind of get this really nice ping pong effect uh, going through it. And, and yes, I think she also is an extremely patient person, uh, very thoughtful and provided, I think, a really helpful perspective on what it what it is they went through together. I just really gravitated or just was drawn to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I'm so glad you found that balance in the film. I'm because it is there's that balance you're talking about. There is so much more and we're not going to have any more time to talk about it because I want you to see this film. This is a really well-made documentary film. I believe it did exceptionally well at Sundance. It's done well on the, on the film festival circuit. You won an award as I recall from Sundance, right? Well, I'd like to say so, but we didn't win an award. Although my producer, Diane Becker, uh, she won a producing award, but that was for her body of work. So let's just say that Whirly Bird was the was the one was the one you know notched on her belt that finally got her that award. I was going to say it tipped it right over to the yeah. to that to the award right there. Yeah. But no, well, she's, she's done well, a lot. Should have won an award at Sundance. So let's well, put it that you. way. Yeah. And um, but anyway, the film again is called Whirly Bird. It is out August sixth. Be looking for this. It is fun and it's it's intense and it is engaging on so many different levels whirly bird Matt yoga thank you so much for spending some time with us here on film school ready thanks a lot mike i appreciate it You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.